Oh, look, Mr. J, it's time for Cave Crisis. Hello, everybody. It's me, your host, Henry Gilbert. That's H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. And I'm here for another episode of Cave Crisis. Yeah! On the Laser Time Podcast Network, which is our weekly dose of comic book news and events and all those things with your friends at Laser Time. And that includes Brad Elston. Hi. And it also includes. You had all week to put a new song. Chris Antista. Uh, Chris Antista. Un- unreasonably attracted to Henry Gilbert due to that intro. And I'm also here with <laughs> Dave Elston. Hi. No, Dave Rudden. Dave Rudden. Hey, did I, you didn't use that one already? I I meant to have more clips, but I copied yeah. too many clips this week for other things that I forgot to get more. Can I get the HBO song next time? Uh, that takes forever. Oh, guts. I'll, I'll, give me guts. Oh, that's you want? Yeah, hey. Dave Rudden. There we go. I will All keep right. that in mind next time. Hey, everybody, how's it going? Even our, it's just even the, our sound effects are more dated than the references <laughs> on them. Why do they even listen to us, man? Exactly. I don't know why they get. We're a man. show for Gen Xers, man. Yeah, which is why we're going to be talking about starting off our episode with a '90s creation, and that is our superhero spotlight. Hero. Of one Harleen Quinzel, <laughs> of uh, aka Harley Quinn, because she was a big deal in one of the news stories this week of Suicide Squad. She's one of the major characters in it. Oh, that Margot new trailer, yeah. uh, I really, I have liked all of everything I've seen of Suicide Squad. I love that poster. I love that trailer. Uh, we will talk more about that in the, in the news bit a little even bit the later. Joker? But even that Joker, I got to say, I kind of liked that Joker. Kind of like that Joker. So Harley Quinn. Are we, we just know. really good at this, or are we no, tripping over the same reference? We have the same life. <laughs> so that Harley Harley Quinn, she's the most famous henchman of the Joker, who is then just ascended to being mm-hmm. her own superhero in the in more recent years. Do you know what her but, status is now? Or are you going to get? Oh yeah, that? I'll okay. get in that. But let's start with when she first appeared. And that was in season one, 1992 episode of Batman, the animated series mm-hmm. called Joker's Favor, and she was created by Paul Dini, mm-hmm. the writer of that episode and executive producer of the show. And designed by Bruce Tim and his team. And now let's hear what her first lines ever were. Harley's first ever word. It is to laugh, huh, Mr. J? I ask you, Harley, who's given more hours of amusement to the Gotham Police Force than me? No one, Mr. J. I deserve, nay, demand the right to honor our dear commissioner as well. Hear, hear. And from the beginning, I think oh. she's a little more toned down than she would be even like four episodes yeah, later. She, but she appeared without explanation, right? Yeah, like, she was just, well, as Paul Dini described it, he wanted later in the episode, mm-hmm. the he's crashing a party for Commissioner Gordon. Half the episodes of a DC animated series are about somebody having a party that a, a supervillain mm-hmm. attacks. But to do that, they bring in, they wheel in a cake and you think, ooh, a stripper is here and... Uh, uh, it's Saturday Har- morning. I'm ready for it. Harvey, well, uh, Harvey Bullock basically has that thing, that reaction, and so you need a sexy dame mm-hmm. to be that, and that's what Harley wah, wah, can be. Wah, 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 wah. But it was just supposed to be a one-off. But yeah, she oh. showed off later. So she pulled an Urkel. So then she showed up in later episodes, uh, and to the point of becoming like her own character in the show. And they gave her more things than just being. I work for the Joker. She mm-hmm. was 
in her mind, she was dating the Joker, and she was in love with the there Joker. There are a lot of really uncomfortable clips of <laughs> yeah, what is their relationship exactly. That, that gets to her later in the thing. But she, so their real name is Harleen Quinzel, and she actually, she was cast to be originally Arlene Sorkin. Like they, mm-hmm. Paul Dini knew the actress Arlene Sorkin. She had been on Days of, Her, Days of Our Lives, as we all know. Everybody knows I know Days of Our Lives. It is one of the weirder soaps. But apparently she is this still on in an episode of Days of Our Lives. I don't think many. Arlene Sorkin anymore. sounds like what Aaron Sorkin would be if he put on a wig and was trying to pass off as something. Uh, Arlene Sorkin, <laughs> walk and talk with me. Uh, anyway, I've got yeah, a show called The East Wing. I even found this clip that is not very good for audio, but there's a clip of. For some reason, on an episode of Days of Our Lives, there was a dream sequence where Arlene Sorkin is dressed up as a Harlequin and is wow. doing bad jokes. And so wow. that was totally where he got it from. And you even look at her real name, which they added later. It wasn't her real name from the start. When they gave her Harlene Quinzel, Harlene, Arlene. Clever. Same deal. Like they, they were designed to be the same. And in her later appearances, I think Harlene really just controlled the role. Hey, Mom, wondering what to feed the family tonight. What'll I feed the family tonight? (laughs) Nice work, Butterfingers. Why didn't you just turn on the bat signal while you were at it? I wasn't trying to get caught. Could have fooled me. Hey, aren't you that plant lady, Poison Oaky? Ivy, Poison Ivy. Sorry. Holly Quinn, pleased to meet you. Why do you put up with that clown? Don't get me wrong, my pudding's a little rough sometimes, but he loves me, really. Sure he does. You're just one big forgiving doormat, aren't you? I am not a doormat. Am I? That kind of covers two other aspects of of Harley Quinn that they set up early on. She has a close friendship Mm -hmm. with Poison Ivy. And that she is, a, at best, a doormat to the Joker. Mm-hmm. In that she's an abused girlfriend to, like, and that was something they set up in the comic, which is part of the possible Dave's homework mm-hmm. pile, Mad Love, which they later made into an episode that, and has become her origin in all the books. Mm-hmm. She was a analyst or psychiatrist at Arkham, mm-hmm. who was really just looking to, like, write a book on on one of the villains there and get famous. Mm -hmm. And then she meets the Joker and the Joker plays all these head games with her, tells her these stories about how he is really the victim and all this and Batman's the bad guy. And it gets her. She falls for it and is like, I can fix this guy. It's I'll fix my pudding. That origin's in Mad Love? Established in Mad Mad Love. It is established in Mad Love, the comic, Mm -hmm. which was then later made into an episode in season four of the Batman. Season four of Batman the Animated Series, which if you're an Amazon Prime member, you can just watch Mm -hmm. all all the seasons of it. How long between her comic book cartoon appearance was it until she showed up in the comic? Ah, it was a good while. But uh, But she she is the only DC character to have that distinction, right? She's introduced it, in a cartoon. And I think so. There, there may actually. Like Renee a, Montoya did it at the same time as her. Renee okay. Montoya, who was uh, uh, introduced in the cartoon, the same episode. I just remember we did something about how the importance of Batman the animated series. Well, like and it, how it, it changed Clayface and Mister Freeze. Yeah. 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 Oh man, I want to do. There's when I was going through the list too. I was like, I want to do a commentary for this one. Mm-hmm. I want to do a commentary for this one because we've been uh, doing classic comic commentaries for our Patreon for ten dollar and up patrons. 
and like I do want to do the the Mr. Freeze one because mm-hmm. Mr. Freeze was a total joke until they gave him the tragic origin yeah. on the animated like series. His wife is literally Icebox. Yeah, and same with like Joker was so menacing even without Harley. And well, I think I, Hamill and Harley have such I a think great. I know Hamill and Harley. If, if you great. go and buy like DC Legos, mm-hmm. Two Face and Poison Ivy are exactly TAS characters, mm-hmm. the animated series characters, and, and, and like there is those characters don't exist anywhere else anymore. Yeah, no, it, but they've been. It's true. They, they snugly fit in, in into the universe. Well, Poison Ivy's got her own comic this week. Oh, so she does. She, yeah, she's she's ascending. But oh. so as for comic appearances, Har, oh. it was at that time. If you introduced a character in the cartoon, they wouldn't come over. Yeah. Like it was like, yeah, you're a cartoon person. Yeah, Chan and Jace don't get to be here. Dino <laughs> Mutt, get the fuck out of here. It seemed like a bit. Wendy and Marvin, no way, they're not getting on there. Like even when they brought in like Black Vulcan, was you know the kind they in did bring pants. him in, but they didn't bring they didn't bring in Apache Chief mm. into the Justice League <laughs> or the uh, Wonder Twins. I guess that's who I was thinking. But about. so her first comic book appearance technically is Batman Adventures Twelve, which mm. was the animated series spinoff comic mm-hmm. that was called Batgirl Day Day One, mm-hmm. where it was all it was kind of a parody of Year One. It was just a Batgirl adventure where she fought Ivy and Harley. But Harley's in canon first appearance was in 1999 in the special mm-hmm. Batman colon Harley Quinn. She was introduced pretty similarly. And actually, it was interesting because Paul Dini wrote it, mm-hmm. and he made sure that Poison Ivy was part of her origin from the start because I think Paul Dini has a real thing for the two of them together, or at least their friendship. Well, so He's completely alone in that. That's, I, I so, can't understand. So because it, 1999 and Batman means it took place during No Man's Land, mm-hmm. which... That is a whole thing unto itself. But quick version is there was a giant earthquake that made that just demolished Gotham, and it became no longer part of the United States, and it was just the Wild West. And Batman was the, the only Arkham City, but he wow. yeah, pretty much Arkham City. In that, uh, found in the rubble of Arkham, Poison Ivy found this confused blonde lady who told her a very similar origin story of being a being a worker at Arkham Asylum falling for the Joker and now wanting to follow the Joker and by the end of the book she's his sidekick again and she's and they set up there too that Harley she can definitely go toe to toe with Robin in the com mm-hmm. in the show but she's not that strong but in the comics they set up like she has like excellent acrobatic ability she's on par with a Robin at that level maybe not Batman she has tons of goofy devices everywhere and she loves hitting people with giant mouths, all that stuff. And she was so popular from her appearance in 99, which it is so wild that it took seven years from her appearance in the animated series to finally get in continuity. But then she got her own book in 19, in 2000, and that was a huge hit from the beginning. Like, it was a big... She was a big deal from then, but mm-hmm. that's also, I think, where the change, the biggest change for her character came at that point. When she's going to be the star of her own comic, she cannot be Joker's abused girlfriend. She mm-hmm. is the star of her own book. One, you can't have the Joker as a regular in any comic. Like, he's special because he shows up randomly. But also, her being, like, an abused, sometimes physically abused uh, girlfriend of the Joker, like, it's uncomfortable. It's not what you want to read from a hero in a book. They've kind of just been split ever since then, or at least they're, like, back and forth. Like, Batman... See, and she's been more cast as an anti-hero. Like, Batman looks there's like, well, you know what you did was wrong, and you're not going back to the Joker, and you could be a superhero if you wanted, so I'm going to let you free, but watch 
over I'm very, you. I, I get confused because I, I, I've been meaning to read more Suicide Squad comics. Mm. But, however, I've played more Batman games where she acts as like uh, a pious religious uh, follower of yeah, the Joker. Yeah, even yeah. after his death. And then I watched the animated thing where she's treated like a victim of the Joker. Where mm. she hates the things that she's done. To, uh, I've been meaning to pick up more Suicide Squad, uh, Suicide Squad stuff. And I did see Comixology. Didn't put anything on sale, but categorized uh, <laughs> all the Suicide, con- Suicide Squad content. So it's easy to find. Well, it's funny you mentioned Arkham. Because the Arkham City games also are a big turning point yeah. in the characterization of Harley, too. Not just because it's one of the first times Harley ditched her overall outfit and her, you know... Skin tight Harlequin outfit, and instead Boom. went for I suicide girl. I guess is the right, maybe the correct Yay. term for it. Yeah, that Yay. with bustiers and mini skirts and torn up leggings and all Ugh. that stuff and butterfly tattoos. It's the yeah. best. <laughs> yeah, and so Arlene Sorkin played her in Arkham Asylum, mm-hmm. but. I couldn't find out why it was. Mm-hmm. It could be that she didn't. She's getting older. She didn't want to be playing Harley all the time, or that they wanted to go with somebody cheaper, more available, whatever. I don't understand because, as far as I can tell by my thorough research, voice actors never turn down money for any reason. <laughs> but she has now been with 2011's Arkham City mm-hmm. regularly. She now she's been played by Tara Strong. Which mm. let's see if you can tell the difference. It's between. hard. It's it's pretty close. You can hear it a little bit here. But here's Tara Strong's Harley. I think you should do what he says. It would be a shame to get blood all over my nice new outfit. What do you think, Batbrain? Like it? What am I saying? Of course you do. Who wouldn't? I think it's a great job. Would, yeah, she does a great job. When I, I, when I played Arkham City, mm-hmm. I didn't know. No, I didn't Arkham notice at all. I, I think I knew in advance and forgot mm-hmm. that it wasn't the same voice actress. It, Cindy Lauper never played uh, Harley Quinn. <laughs> Too expensive. Yeah. <laughs> I think she definitely have the Cindy Lauper mold. Mm-hmm. I suppose. But uh, all right, so then we get into a whole nother realm of Harley because she changed quite a bit again mm-hmm. when the New Fifty Two came up. Yeah, she wasn't starring in a book when New Fifty Two happened. And then when they rebooted for Suicide Squad, she is front and center in that. And in that, for the cover, they turn up her Suicide Girl costume so much. She's like, you're just in your underwear now. Like, and, with, and she had her two-tone hair of, mm-hmm. like, green and red. It, it was a little overly sexualized for me in, in the start of Suicide Squad, and it kind of turned me off to it. Also, that she had never been a part of Suicide Squad up to that point. Mm. Like, they, they just kind of knew they could build the whole book around yeah, I her. Yeah, so. And it got more popular from that point on. Damn like right she, it did. She got really big. And that's when, after that book got so big, then she got her own solo book again, which is still going on. It was written by Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor, a couple who... He's been, a good fellow. He, he, is, he, he really is like a very New York Goomba type dude. I've, I've, I've met him at signings and stuff. A real nice guy. Uh, and Amanda Connor. So the one thing I like in their books, they've done Harley Quinn. They also are currently mm-hmm. doing the um, uh, Starfire book. And I think partially because Amanda Connor is a lady, mm-hmm. one of these lady type women. She's one of the few female writers on oh. major comics. Amanda Amanda Connor. I was going to correct you. It's Waller Henry. <laughs> no, that is that's Cheech Pounder. But anyway, Amanda Amanda Waller Connor. You always have me do it. Uh-huh. Amanda Connor is she comes at it from the side of like a feminist side, but she also is amazing at drawing like sexy pinup girls, and so. She combines those to have her books, both Harley Quinn and Starfire, walk this line of 
fan service, but also parody of fan service. Mm. That they have like Starfire in a shower scene, then have some character off screen go like, "God, she's naked again! Can't she keep her clothes on?" Like it's this, <laughs> it's this weird dance they do to have their cake and eat it too. I feel like, and they they're good at that in Harley. Harley is a comedy book, and also that brings us back to Poison Ivy because Paul Miotti and Connor. They actually, uh, in a tweet, though I don't think they've ever done it directly in the comics, they said, "Yeah, Harley, Harley, and Ivy are simply a couple. They are not an, an they're not a monogamous couple, mm-hmm. but they're they are a couple who kind of float in and out of each other's lives." And it, speaking of fan service, like Bruce Tim and a lot of other artists really got into, "Hey, Harley Quinn and uh, Poison Ivy together," like. Poison Ivy has been written as pretty much just a femme fatale, killer yeah. bisexual, uh, like Sharon Stone type of the... What was that movie? Basic Instinct. Basic. The Basic Instinct type, evil bisexual uh, since the 90s. Poison like, Ivy's first love is cucumbers. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. They definitely play it up. There was a bit in one issue of Harley Quinn by Paul Miani and Connor. Poison Ivy comes over and they have this very like Austin Powersy joke saying... Would you like to see my beaver? And then Ivy says, beaver. Well, sure. And then uh, Harley Quinn picks up a stuffed beaver. Naked gun jokes. Stolen for the page. And and then the next day, they seemingly have a sleepover. They wake up in bed together in Mm -hmm. their underwear, which implies either like, yeah, they're just friends. They sleep in the bed together. There's only one bed. Or more if you want. It's not an unconventional thing for a lady to do. And even in this week's Poison Ivy number one issue, they kind of are playing around with it too. So I don't know how canonical it is or not at this point. And that brings us to today because this week there was the new real trailer for Suicide Squad. Which I like the first one. This is this is trailer as an art. I really yeah. liked it. No, they're great. They're great trailers. Really Who it. knows what the film will be like, but I'm, Harley- saying that, I'm saying that in all seriousness, I know I'm an asshole that I I have just write up and watch so many trailers like I love a really good promotional sizzle. That was mm. fucking awesome. It was really great. Like set to the 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 bullets were shooting to the tune of the of it and a uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, a Bohemian Rhapsody, and that they have the title card come up over nothing really matters mm-hmm. to me. They, I mean, Brett, you mentioned this, and I I agree that it felt like they're making they have to be like blasting from the rooftops. These are bad guys who are being made to be good guys. Yeah, it's but, like even even for mainstream, like we got to make sure everybody gets it. It's like you you say explicitly. Indirectly, like three times in the trailer, either verbally or with cards on the screen, like these are bad guys who have to do a good thing or like some kind of like mission for the greater good. I think good. like some... eight characters say it, and all it's like it. I get it. So then when Harley's like, "We're bad guys," it's what we. It's like I know. <laughs> if I've never heard of comic books prior to this, I know. Yeah, well, you you know, but I I have to argue in the trailer. In the, they say I have it. to argue in the defense of the people. Like, there's no way the mainstream knows that much about Suicide Squad. I'm talking. Mm-hmm. Only in the trailer. You don't have to know anything. The, I don't know. the people running the prison say it. The characters themselves say it. This the tagline says it. It makes an intriguing premise in this. this I think I just think that line is like a lot of superhero two, films. One step too far. And doesn't it seem like it's it's crazy thing? It took twenty four years to get a live action Harley Quinn. Like yeah. like wow. it. I guess you know, it's seemingly I, short if compared to every other superhero. I should look this up, but I wonder if Harley is younger, has been around longer than Margot Robbie. Like Margot Robbie's got to be twenty four <laughs> by now. She's not no, that young. Be. 
Um, she's uh, the most beautiful woman in the world. She certainly is. And, and that she's in the, the trailer definitely gives a lot of time to both her and the Joker and their relationship to, to make it clear they're connected. So why don't we give a listen to just how good... She is. She just barely is older than uh, Harley Quinn. Wow. 25. Wow. All right. Let's give a listen to some of her best lines from the trailer here. What was that? I should kill everyone and escape? Sorry. The voices. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's not what they really said. We're bad guys. It's what we do. Right wing and bitter clinging proud clingers of our guns, our God, our, and our religions and our. <laughs> oh, wait, that was a different crazy person. Sorry, sorry. All right. I did not mean to put that in there. Take a victory lap. That's <laughs> thank you. Wonderful. I've been waiting on that all time. Like, oh boy. <laughs> I liked, I like that, but that, that line at the, the line of, we're bad guys. Remember, like, and she that does that to steal like, a purse. Yeah. She's not as New York or Valley mm-hmm. or whatever her accent is. Like, yeah, and that accent turned down a little bit. That accent is going extinct, right? After we lose every like <laughs> Holocaust survivor, World War II <laughs> veteran, we will lose yeah. that accent. You, you, you learn months. that at, at stickball school, yeah. I believe. <laughs> hey, stickball. Stickball, huh? Stickball. Uh, so, if I were to suggest any good places to start with reading Harley comics. Mm-hmm. I would definitely say the Mad Love comic book, which has been collected. Not the Drew Barrymore movie. Uh-huh. That's a fine movie. I'm surprised not, anybody else remembered it. Not the Paul Reiser oh, Helen Hunt TV of, show. I, I'm thinking of Home Fries. Or Chris O'Donnell? Yeah, no, Home Fries is better, actually. Robin? Yeah. yeah I was referencing uh, Mad About You. Uh, there's also Gotham City Sirens, which is this fun trio book that it's her, Har- it's uh, Harley, Poison Ivy, and Catwoman all living together. <laughs> In a wacky situation, it's a it's and a fun you, book, and you can watch for just ten dollars a month. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, it's also written by Paul Dini. Both those are pulled by by Paul Dini, and I would also suggest the first volume of her new Fifty Two book, the Harley Quinn book by Palmiani and Connor. Mm-hmm. Both of those are great. Then plus of best episodes that she's in in the animated series. I definitely love her, like, Joker Fish is one of my all-time favorite episodes. As is Joker's Millions, where Joker inherits a bunch of money, <laughs> and he hires... I've got to spend it all before midnight. And he hires a new <laughs> Harley Quinn who's not half as good and Whoa. keeps calling him Mr. G. And uh, and also the Mad Love episode of the cartoon, too. They're all really great. And so that is the Super Spotlight. Lovely. Love you, Harley. Someone had cataloged on our Patreon, patreon.com slash laser time. What do we just do? Spider-Man first episode of yeah, Marvel's 1994 of... Spider-Man? Yep, 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 he's yep. like, He's like, okay, to get this straight, Chris's first crush is uh, Harley Quinn. Mm-hmm. Brett's first crush is Rogue. And Henry's a Spider-Man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. That's, I didn't realize we laid it all out like that. I was more into Superboy. Superboy? Superboy? Superboy and Robin in like 93. Like I was As far the... as the cartoons go, Rogue, yeah. But I mean, mm-hmm. I was more into Psylocke. If, if MTV's The Grind wasn't on and my parents weren't home, I was definitely masturbating to Harley episodes of Batman the Animated Series. I, I think in all those cases you will see uh, the skin-tight outfits are uh, are the common denominator, even with Spider-Man. Yeah. Even with Spider-Man. Uh, well, okay, let's get into the news, guy. Or Dave, did you want to name your well, first uh, Yeah, well, I was just... Like, the first comic I ever bought was because there was a pretty lady on it. It, oh. was, uh, it was Maxima on the cover. Maxima, uh, yeah. like, uh, Who's going to fuck it, Superman. Yeah, she's, fu- she's about to fuck Superman on the grave of Lois Lane. <laughs> well, that's switching up a storm, basically. But to me, as like a, a 10 or 11-year-old, I'm like, this is really hot. Dave was a I goth kid, so that he so was... So you're into corpses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so well, I, w- I'm, I want to be a widower, and I want to have sex on my wife's <laughs> grave. Because that, that way you'll know you've had sex with two women. Mm-hmm. 
Squad. See, uh, right here. Uh, with, with my kid watching. <laughs> but again, the Suicide Squad trailer, that was, I'd say, the biggest news, uh, which aired on the DC Meet the Future or whatever. I, I missed it. It's, after and it's one of those things that just doesn't come on like Hulu or anything like that. And I, yeah. I, I have it on my computer on a weird website that I've never heard of that archives stolen videos. It's interesting because CW is pretty good about putting their stuff they, up. What so is but ABC? It's, but it's a one-off. So, with the exception yeah. of that that last yeah. Marvel special. They yeah. never put that up yeah. for anybody. Which we'll get to that in a second. I'm not, I'm not, but... And by the way, I'm not going to go out of my way to pirate your fucking promotional thing. Yeah, this should just this be on like, YouTube. It's a fucking commercial. You should pay me to watch it. Yeah. I don't care what... Ke- I, did, I actually did like that Kevin Smith and Jeff Johns were the host of it. That's, that really? is a very really? nerdy... Yeah. They're wow. very nerdy uh, dudes talking Getting about... that network money. money. Good for them. Uh, but so, these were some of the reactions from the audience. Our fans. Gun Cannon Woo. D said... Uh, it seems like they're trying to market Suicide Squad as DC's Guardians of the Galaxy, but darker. Mm. It'll be interesting to compare it to Deadpool once both are out. Based on the trailers, Deadpool seems to be a more lighthearted, mature comic film compared to Suicide Squad, yet Deadpool is rated R. Suicide Squad's PG-13. Like that was insane, that whole, all the news this week of uh, alleged petition to get a PG-13 Deadpool. Oh, really? What the I hell is wrong with people? It, it was some parent who's like, uh, well, They made it something like it was some kid yeah. uh, who yeah. wanted to see the movie, but he couldn't. Like, kids, sneak into yeah. it. Uh, Both your mom or dad or whatever. Yeah, if your mom's not cool, then go to your cool friend's house. I'll explain to you what chimichangas and blowjobs are. You know uh, what? I I kind of went down a little rabbit hole with that, where it was like someone made like a joke reply to that, like, mm-hmm. uh, so, like your mother is account. a whore. And then I looked at, up that Deadpool account. It's mm-hmm. not in any way like authorized or yeah. official. I would, I would think not. And then I saw like sponsored tweets from that account, like, "Oh, uh, thanks, Hot Pockets for." I'm like, motherfucker! Like oh, you made really? a terrible ter- parody account. And you get to be you, a fake Deadpool and make money. Does this person did? All right, writing this down. Uh, Sex at, or Sir Zax had a similar feeling that uh, this is a grim, dark Guardians trailer, but with little, with very little actual levity. That's not what they really said is a decent Joker. That's not what they really said is a decent Joker, but they'll need to be better to justify all the eyeshadow. Not that you can't make a good movie out of corn album art, but uh, <laughs> just that this movie seems to lack self-awareness. That, I kind of disagree with that. Yeah, I think that trailer, the first one seemed extra moody, but this trailer mm-hmm. seemed very self-aware. Yeah, I love this new trailer. Yeah, I thought it was it was almost too self-aware. Of like, yeah, we're joking, and we said this to a Queen song. Pretty famous one too, which almost I would I before this trailer I would have put Bohemian Rhapsody on the list of like this song is too famous and been used mm-hmm. in too many movies you can't make it in your trailer. But this yeah. one proved you can oh, still find something, something new with it. Really interesting with You're it. You're gonna spew spew in this. Yeah, I'll, it'll never not be Wayne's <laughs> World. Sorry. That's how old we are, man. Uh, this is it for do a Monday Night Movie commentary for that man. Uh, Lurkero said uh, the Suicide Squad trailer managed to capture the playfulness of the crew but it lacked any serious or surprising moments that highlighted the seriousness of the danger I think they should have added a better clip of the Joker one that had impact I thought the- I love the clips of the Joker I don't want to know what he does yeah. just yet I don't want to I- know how long I don't hope he's not in the movie that long to be totally honest yeah though I guess not as they've got Will Smith as the biggest star mm-hmm. in the movie but as far as a Named character, he doesn't have an Oscar. In. They've uh, got to have, they've got to have the Joker there to be like, oh, and the Joker's in this. You all know who the yes. Joker is. Like, you so can't you, say Killer Croc's in this along with Katana. Like Killer Croc, they say Killer Croc's the guy who kills and eats people. Like, yeah, they, I'm glad you're keeping that. 
They flash by that so quick. Of like, <laughs> they, you light on fire, you're possessed by a witch, you, you, this guy eats people, you're just crazy. That's a perfect, like, and also seeing Captain Boomerang, like, snap open a beer and drink it during the thing. That's Captain Boomerang, by I was the way. Gonna, I don't name I'd it, like but. you have to tell me. Yeah, Damn, well, he's got, a, he's got an Australian accent, so of course. Wait, what's Will Smith's yeah. character's power? He can, he can uh, deduce he's, concussions? Oh, he's, he's good at identifying. He can negotiate more money for a second movie. Uh, With everybody on the team, he's like, oh, you've all got Should've concussions, gotten a bigger man. Post tell the truth. Uh, the there was also the trailer. There's also, well, I guess you wouldn't even call it a trailer, in, mm. an exclusive first look at Wonder Woman, the 2017 film. Wonder Woman. Which uh, they they had some lip service to like, hey, feminism is real important now. And, uh, you know, this is like a feminist icon and stuff. Mm-hmm. But what I liked, I liked the tra- I liked the footage they showed of the actual film, not of her stuff from Batman versus Superman, because it totally had the feel of. Thor meets Captain America, which if you're going to rip off Marvel, those are good first movies to go with. Because mm. it is it is as spacey as Thor, or just otherworldly, of like, she comes from this land of, of people and a famous actress is playing her mom. And it has that kind of feel, but it also takes place during World War II, so it's a period piece as well. Yeah, I really and, like that. And it keeps her World War II connection and also keeps Steve Trevor as a World War II pilot. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. And Gal Gadot's growing on me, though I, mm-hmm. I feel like Wonder Woman, it's an impossible body. It's the same with, like, I don't know, Chris Hemsworth. They should have somebody as buff as Chris Hemsworth to be. Yeah, you said the same thing for Harley Quinn. Yeah. Oh, I've seen true. every inch of Margot Robbie. Thank oh. you, Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> uh, Not so wait, Harley uh, a lady named Gal playing Wonder Woman is the best name <laughs> match since a guy named Webb directed Spider-Man. That's <laughs> true. That's very true. Yeah, That would have been a great tweet, Dave. Now I'm stealing it. Now I'm stealing it. Delete well, it. Not, this won't post. You can still. Yeah, yeah. you got some hours. You've got a few hours. Um, well, but what did you guys... Okay, did you guys see the Wonder Woman footage too? I didn't or? actually. Okay. No? Man. I, I, I saw that it existed and I'm like, I'll get to that. because I just didn't... I, I knew that DC special was coming out and I'm like, I, I want to watch it but I don't have half an hour. Somebody else in the comments also brought up that it was funny to see... <laughs> Jeff John starts explaining her origin, mm-hmm. and Kevin Smith has this look on his face like, yeah, I know what her origin is. I think he forgot mm-hmm. that, like, you're telling the audience, Kevin. <laughs> we were, this isn't testing you. We know. He's Kevin one take. He doesn't... <laughs> well, meanwhile, on ABC at the same time that was airing, mm-hmm. they aired... Uh, first, the new episode of Agent Carter, which I did not oh, see. I didn't know. I, I, is that why everybody was talking about it? I thought it was a month away. Uh, but it premiered alongside the 75th anniversary celebration of Captain America. Yeah. At which came with the confirmation we all saw coming, which is a new film is coming out, so... Guess who's back is Captain America, Steve Rogers. Well, I didn't... When is he coming back in the comics? May. Okay. Around because right film... now, Captain America is a werewolf. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute, what? Uh, that's what's happening in the story. Wow, I have not been keeping up. <laughs> Wait, uh, Wilson is? Yeah. Steve is. Rogers has been a werewolf before, though. So He has <laughs> turned, uh, turned into a wolf man, yeah. and there is a wolf wearing Captain America's outfit. Yep. I mean, it's it's Falcon, but like he's a wolf. But you see the distinction? that like He's coming back, but... but they're different dudes. They're different guys. They're both going to be Cap, which... Dual Caps didn't work out so well the last time when they did it with Bucky and him. Well... But did it? It didn't go alongside a civil war, did it? No, it did not. So and two Captain Americas in a civil war—that makes sense. I yeah, well, I just just looking at us in like what I've read of um, Sam Wilson's Captain America, uh, mm-hmm. 
and the new shield. I, I do like how politics is entering into it. And I do kind of like the idea of... Inter- Here's the old guy with the World War II values. Mm, Maybe he works they're not for the gonna, White House. Yeah. He's going to have the silly... They said he's going to have the Hydra stories and whatnot. And Sam mm. Wilson's going to keep doing more modern things. Keep fighting guys at the border or whatever. Even, yeah. yeah. And maybe they won't see eye to eye on certain political issues. Yeah. That's an interesting starting point. It is also like touchy to be like, hey, we have all this diversity. We've got this new uh, African-American cap. <laughs> and they're like... Oh, but the old white guy's back, too, and um, just, you know, we're going to put him to the side. It'll just be the other one. It's just on the cover. The it, cover is the cover has to be Steve in the yeah, front. It's his fucking comic it, it can't, book. But when you... It's just it can't a weird not visual. hurt sales of the other book. But it, it's just a weird visual on the cover of white Captain America back at the front <laughs> running, and about eight steps back is Sam Wilson. I see it's, what you're saying. Yeah. But you could but, also make the same argument for not having him on the cover. Yeah, totally. And so, then like, it's like... I know, it's a damned if you do, damned if you don't yeah. thing. And it's also, wait and see how they deal with it. it though Sam gets to keep the real shield. He's got the circle mm. shield. Uh, Steve Rogers is carrying a brand new shield that's like kind of a badge, but it's not his like original issue one Captain America It shield. also contains lip gloss. <laughs> uh, Danny Trejo wants to be Lobo. I don't know that, <laughs> <Wow>. huh? <laughs> It makes yeah. sense. He's too old, though. He's too old. Like, look, he's, he's gonna he, tell him though. His face looked like that twenty years ago. <laughs> I agree. When he was forty, he looked seventy, and now that he's seventy, he looks. He's seventy. He's pretty. Yeah, oh, way to age, Trey. I, I was. I did not think he was that old. Hope he, he's not sixty-nine. He's yeah. a. He's a grown-ass man. He's I'm gonna search this. Yeah, you can't find it. It's that. a bad year for. Uh, I love Danny Trejo. Love yeah. him so much. Uh, one of my favorite Danny Trejo memories is when... Predators? It was uh, this interview. Robert Rodriguez was presenting how awesome digital is at, mm-hmm. this, at this talk. And he's like, hey, let me, pull up, let me tell you something. Let me bring up Danny. Danny. And then he comes up. He's like, this is a face you got to have for digital projection, man. This face tells a story. Mm-hmm. Look at it. You can count all of his pockmarks. <laughs> <laughs> he's been to prison, man. Danny Trejo's been through so much. All right, so... What, what are the guesses on his age? I saw it. Too. I was going to say God 50. Damn it, sneaky. 60, <laughs> 67. 67 and what? 50. One. I'm 71. Ah, 71. He'll be turning 72 in May. Almost as old as Captain America himself. Yeah, he was Holy born in 44. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, I don't think he'll be low. Korean I, War veteran. <laughs> I like that he's going for it. At least. Vietnam the, veteran. The even better comic book reintroduction news. No. Uh, it was announced last year that one uh, Drake Mallard, Darkwing Duck, was coming back to television, but he's also coming back to comics in April. Whoa! And as I loved, liked the DuckTales, it goes like this, DuckTales, Chippendales, Rescue Rangers was somehow great. The <laughs> Darkwing Duck comics were fucking excellent. Really good. Yeah. And they only got two volumes out before uh, Disney bought Marvel and kind of... I think preemptively canceled all its contracts with other Pretty comic much, providers. Yeah, Boom lost a lot of stuff. Yeah, but they, but like they're all publishing their Disney stuff on IDW anyway. They're not mm-hmm. publishing under Marvel, so I don't. Yeah, I don't get it either. And I don't. I don't know where Darkwing is going to go. To be totally mm-hmm. honest, but I did. I I found it. I found it. Maybe I'll give it today for homework, but not really. Crisis <laughs> on Infinite Darkwings. That's my Hank's corner of the week. Hmm. So episode eight got delayed till December, which. Good. Doesn't have much to do with comics. And I, I'm kind of cool with just watching. We'll watch Star Wars at Christmas now. Did I tell you how with I depressed family? the shit out of it? I watched that with my friend's son. Mm-hmm. And it was just great. Who are you looking forward to seeing? R2-D2? Is he in it? Like, 
I don't know. <laughs> so like when he's on screen, I'm nudging him, and we're just laughing and throwing our hands everywhere. I love seeing it with an eight-year-old. And he's like, he's like, comes out of the movie. He's like, wow, when's the next one coming out? I'm like, well, how old are you? And he's like, I'm eight. I'm like, it'll be out when you're ten. And the look on his, I, I was, wow. I meant yeah. it to be optimistic. And the look on his face is like, what the fuck? <laughs> was it like that kid? I'll that- have a job in pubes <laughs> by the time the new Star Wars movie Two comes years out. Is an eternity it's an eternity to an eight-year-old. I really yeah. bummed him out. It's been like circulating lately, but that there's like this kid being asked, like, oh, it's your first day of school. Uh, are you ha- are are you gonna miss your mom? And he's like, no. And then about eight, he like stands there for two seconds and starts crying. Oh, I got I got <laughs> yeah. sent that. I got oh, sent I that. Like, do you make <laughs> yeah. money off your art? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, the, the, but because of that, it's caused some other shifts in movie things. Also, that was it Warner that did Terminator? Who did the Terminator? But, Shit, I don't remember. Well, whoever did it took it off their schedule. Like, yeah, the, Good. Se- the sequel's not happening. Good. That movie is fucking dog shit, Terminator Genesis. And, it is terrible. And also, to replace Star Wars is now the next Pirates movie is coming out. Then the Worse. Pirates of the Caribbean. Can you believe they're fucking Worse. Oh boy. You, they left five or six? Five. Six. No, six. There, wait. There's no fifth movie. No, Strange, okay, Stranger no, Tides was four. Yeah. yeah, okay. So it is fifth. Yeah, you're right. There's no fifth movie. You're thinking of the ride. Uh, and no. then, all, but more interesting to Which me. Which is based off the movie. Sony moved up the release of Spider-Man by three weeks. Okay. So now, July 7th of 2017 is when we will be getting our next Spider-Man reboot of this decade. Huh? The CG the cartoon? One? No, the Spider-Man. Spider-Man will be introduced. Live-action Spidey mm-hmm. will first appear in Civil War, and he will star in his own solo movie next year. But I thought that was coming from Marvel, not Sony. No, no. Both. Sony. It's the, both. Yes, but it was Sony that moved up the date. Marvel... They're doing it together, but it's a Sony production. Oh, okay. So Sony moved up the date. Uh, but yeah, this, no, the CG Spider-Man films in 2018. You will not be wanting for Spider-Man films <laughs> the, very soon. But with all these movies, Wonder Woman is the only one starring a, a woman in, on yep. the horizon at all but from either company. Really? 2019 will have Captain Marvel, allegedly. Ah. Uh, but hey, Promise. If you, if you want women starring in things, Dave, Jessica Jones was officially renewed for a second season. Ah. And uh, I heard be... they're casting Iron Fist, so that there was yeah. rumors that it wasn't happening as a show. But they're um, they're casting it. They because must... it's also rumored that they're starting a full season of Punisher. Because they've got too many second seasons. They're like, yeah. but it's the, Netflix. The original... it, it clearly doesn't matter. They're no. they're streaming money evidently, and it's just not stopping. <laughs> no, it, it'll it'll never stop. It'll just keep going up and up and up. Uh, but yeah, the, the Punisher is definitely getting a spinoff, and that, or almost definitely getting a spinoff. I guess they're saving that for like, what will the reaction be to him in the show? But yeah. but he's got a costume and shit. They've even confirmed like he'll be in a costume. But that's like the thing about stuff. Netflix; it works on a different way. And like, now nah, let's greenlight a Punisher show right now from the footage we're seeing so far. Yeah, totally. And that's 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 a really cool and optimistic. I don't know. It's a, it's a nice to love those characters and see that kind of confidence in what's being done. Well, not to sound like a boardroom asshole, but they know it's all about content. They're like <laughs> content. This we, I guess that's they probably, need to own their own shit. It's more. It, that's probably very true because they can't. Like I read this article about how NBC both loves and hates mm-hmm. and Netflix, and they tried to release Netflix numbers as a shitty thing to do to them. For NBC, it's like we need to sell our stuff to them, but we also don't like having to do that. Yeah, and so Netflix is just seeing a day of like if NBC tries to take their stuff away, who cares? We'll make, we've got our own shows now. Well, they just monetize it in a different way, I, yeah. or at all. Hey, Patreon. Right oh, now. and lastly in the news was that uh, the Hellfire Club show is now on the back burner. Like there was going to be a Hellfire Club from Fox. Show. Yeah, so there's only one X-Men spin-off TV show going on now, which is the Legion one. 
Jesus. Which, yeah, of I, all I, characters. I honestly, that can't actually happen. Yeah. No way. Um, I had one more piece of news for oh. you, Henry. Yes, because as of right now, Humble Bundle is having oh, yeah. the craziest image comic sale. It's an amazing sale. Pay what you want, and you get a bunch of Matt Fraction comics and Wolf and... Witches number one, which I wanted to get back to. I really liked Witches. Pay more than the average Saga Volume Four. Like, wow! For the, for the price of a Saga Volume, you're getting all this stuff. All these great uh, digital books. Outcast, Nowhere Man, Jupiter Circle, Trees, Rat Queens, Saga Volume Five, Descender, uh, Phonogram. Pay more than twenty. Get Bitch Planet Volume One. Wow. This is why I'm doing it. And forty-seven issues of Invincible, one of my favorite oh, comics man. ever. Stray Bullets. Whoa! Um, like it is that is incredible. For twenty twenty dollars, you're getting like three hundred dollars worth of comic books and giving to the human rights campaign. Listen, I don't I, know if what I had the if I had to take my advice, do if I had that jingle, I would have played. Listen to this phonograph. <laughs> I, does all this play on com, like does that stuff work on comicology? I, I think they are CBRs. Oh, they yeah, can CBR work on your files. iPad with a, a, a separate third-party uh, comic viewer. Yeah. I'm not sure, but it's DRM-free, and you'll own it forever. Okay. Uh, so only one of us needs to buy it. Another year. brief thing of news oh. was uh, they announced a Dark Souls comic. Oh, oh yeah, I saw right, that. Yeah. Which, uh, I don't I don't know. What was the joke I saw? It shows it arrived. What is the joke I saw on Destructo? He's like, but nobody dies in comics. (laughs) (laughs) You should die constantly in those. Yeah, it'll be... I mean, there's no shortage of lore there to pull from, but it's like part of what makes that world so fun is that a lot of it you'll only find by extrapolation and mm. and forums yeah. and wikis like yeah. to, to lay it and they'll just tell other stories in that world but I mean I'll at least check it out I but. just I had to imagine at some point they did need an official acknowledgement of the real story I mean they never I, I mean I don't think they ever come right out and say it I didn't it, even but. know there was a story until you showed that music video uh, uh, Lord it's Vessel. fascinating yeah. no there's definitely oh there's a story uh, again I'd say a shout out to Vati Vidya on YouTube who chronicles a lot of this stuff and just lays it out there but mm-hmm. even when you have people who are examining every item description and a lot of stuff comes from architecture and items in, that are in the room and the context that that means that's how you get the story of, of that and Bloodborne mm-hmm. and there's very little told to you explicitly and so even when you do catalog all of it it still leaves you with i think this is what happened <laughs> and that's on purpose so like to tell a story in there it's like you can do it but i'm sure they'll just tell other stories about other did they announce anything involving like a creative team they did but i didn't yeah i don't think it was anybody famous yeah. when i read it but, <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll at least i'll check it out because dark souls 3 is out soon so wow. is it yeah it's relatively soon, soon-ish all right, so that's it for the news, and we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about all the comics we have been reading this week, plus your answers last week, question of the week, and a brand new one. Stay tuned. Hi, everybody. Thanks again for listening to Cape Crisis on the Laser Time Podcast Network. I appreciate all of you guys listening to each week or uh, telling me on Twitter or Facebook how much you like the show. And I also have been, uh, really appreciate the responses to the slight change in format for this year. I hope it. I hope you guys are liking it. If not, you know, tell me about that, too. I like hearing back from, from uh, all you guys. Uh, also, if you're a fan of the show, there's a lot of ways to support us. Chief among them, patreon.com slash laser time. If you wanted to directly give us money each month, $5 a month gets uh, you so much extra stuff 
that we do on top of all the other podcasts we do on Laser Time. Uh, and that includes a weekly bonus time podcast. And if you give $10 a month, you get access to the bi-weekly comic book cartoon commentaries. Where me and Brad and others will watch a classic cartoon based on a comic book. Such as Spider-Man the Animated Series, Justice League, X-Men, all that great stuff. You can watch along with us. Or if you wanted to help us out, you could buy things on Amazon. There are a bunch of links to Amazon on the site. And buy anything through those links. And a little bit of money gets kicked back our way. And also... Uh, if you have yet to do so, you know, if you've kind of forgotten, I haven't mentioned it in a little while, going to iTunes and subscribing and or leaving a review really does help us out in visibility in the iTunes store. So if you haven't done it yet, I would really love to see some new reviews on there. It's real quick. Just takes you a second. Just write, hey, I really like the show. This uh, host is very handsome. Five stars. Boom. There, I wrote it for you. It's that easy. All right. Now it's time for the Hank's Corner Pick of the Week. My pick's going to be, and I talk about it very lightly in the uh, what you've been reading, but it is Pluto. Uh, now, what is it? It is not the Disney character. It is a manga uh, by Naoki Urasawa. Uh, and it is his retelling a classic Astro Boy comic by Osama Tezuka. And it is just this, ah, it's one of the best like storytelling I've ever seen in a comic book. Just the way the panel construction, the world is built, the characterization is just like... Oh, it's so beautiful. Urasawa is is a master. There's no two ways about it. And so Pluto is a great first book to go with. He has some other stories like Monster and 20th Century Boy, which I really enjoy too, but those are like 30, 40 volumes long. Pluto's just eight volumes. Like you fly right through it. Uh, there'll be links to it on this week's episode page, which you'll find on lasertimepodcast.com. Oh yeah, also, I don't give a good enough spoiler warning in the segment, but we're finally going to have a spoiler talk about Jessica Jones. So, you know, it's been two months. I assume you probably watched it, but if you don't want to hear the spoilers, you still haven't seen it yet, that's the warning for you. We're going to be spoiling Jessica Jones at the start. You might want to skip forward about five, ten minutes to, and, and you'll miss it then. All right. Anyway, back to the rest of the show. Howdy do, and we're back for part two of uh, this week's episode. Let's get into what you've been reading, but for me, it's what have you been watching because... Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I finally finished <laughs> watching Jessica Jones oh, this really? weekend. I, I'm embarrassed to say I drug my dumb feet on it. It was so weird because once I watched like episode eight, then mm-hmm. it just all like, okay, next episode, next episode, next episode. Mm-hmm. It just flew right by. Uh, but it was a great show. I think, uh, I, do you guys I, want to talk spoilers on is it now? That once the capture takes place, it's mm-hmm. it's impossible to look away. No, it's such it, a shift. Once yeah. the I wondered how they were going to deal with it. Like, how can she share that many scenes with David Tennant? I don't yeah. get it. And once they establish he can't control her anymore, and just yeah, the episode ten that's just a bloodbath. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's that that one really gets you like, well, you're never going to stop watching now. Like we got you. Man. It's it's just wonderful. I was very happy Patsy lived to the end. Like I like Patsy, and that like 
Malcolm ended up getting a job at the end, and he's going to mm-hmm. be a receptionist now, I guess. It was nice to see that dude redeemed. I really thought yeah. he would be the first dude murdered. It was such... When he started, I was like, this is the most cliched-ass <laughs> yeah. character of all time. Yeah, and then he, you just, see he this grew. this in every film. Like, to yeah. grow as much as he did. That, yeah. 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 And then he becomes like a social worker by the end. Mm-hmm. And, okay, so one theory I have is that her, her neighbor... Mm-hmm. Who, the crazy lady, who the twin, mm-hmm. that she's going to be Typhoid Mary. That's my oh. thing here. Because she's, I don't know, she was not redeemed. Like, the best thing was that she she got to relax in her own way, but she was still crazy. And the way she huh. almost controlled the minds of those dudes to get her them to beat up Jessica Jones. Like, yeah. she's just like, no, come on, you guys are mad at her. She's probably working for it. Yeah, let's go beat her up. Huh. Yeah. Like, that's a pretty extreme reaction they have. <laughs> also, when they killed Ruben, like, when she just... Uh, uh, Kristen Ritter, just, she did such a good job there playing was, that character. Yeah, no, that was great. There was only one thing towards the end. Uh, when the the twin got, like, got everyone to go over there and fight uh, him. There's a point where somebody hits her in the head with, like, a 2 by 4 or some block of wood or something. Mm-hmm. And knocks her out for hours. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, uh, No. You're like, t- there's nothing else you've established in this show when she's hit by trucks and buses and thrown through walls and like hit by people with enhanced strength that a regular person swinging a heavy thing that they can't that they're not strong enough to get that much strength behind them. But she needs to be unconscious for events to happen. Yeah, they, she, she can't be conscious so this other thing can happen at the police station or wherever. Right. It's she, just like the show was great, but that was one time where I'm like, she's not knocked out from that. Like you've established in the show, she's not like. Now, like yeah, a normal person, she, sure, but not. They've her. shown that she can be shot. Like she's not bulletproof, yeah. but she heals quick. And that, yeah. And she, if she was out for like, you know, like what, and then gets back up, and maybe she was down for like a second, and like, damn, fucking knock me out. Like, mm-hmm. but it's like, and it's dark now. But for plot purposes, she has yeah. to be unconscious. And it's for like that long. I would rather they like knocked her out and then like immediately like chained her up or something. And I was definitely shocked when they killed Hope. I was like, wow, you really like, I thought we yeah. were sticking with her to the end of this and you're just fucking killing her. It was, I thought that was cool because she no, would I, be like someone who's like, I don't have a reason to be here. Yeah. Like I killed my parents. Though it's so extreme, like in Daredevil, when they killed Ben Urich, that mm. was a shock for me because it was yeah. like, Man, he's a regular and his thing is that he never dies. Like yeah. that he's, that they kill him in the first season. Yeah, that's but then in this it was like four people like that. They're like, oh no, that one's dead too. This one's dead too. And the nuke guy got killed too, right? No, no. nuke. I mean, he was beaten and maybe dead, but uh, Kozlov remember. took his body. Oh, that's that was also great too. That Simpson character, I liked him, but I was like, Simpson, you're you're <laughs> you're taking up a lot of screen time yeah. here, and it feels like you're supposed to be somebody. For a second, yeah. I thought he was going to be this character named Annex, who is a completely forgotten '90s Marvel. Spider-Man friend, but the second the doc showed up and was like, "I've got reds, I got blues, I got oh fuck, it's Nuke." Did I you... thought he was going to be uh, Leon Kennedy, Resident Evil. <laughs> oh, I get, it, I get it. No, I know it's but where's the red and blues? Because he looks like Leon. <laughs> oh, he does. I guess he looks like Leon. Sure, he looks like a slightly buffer Leon. He's talking about uh, red and blue herbs. Yeah, there you go. Okay. I'm going to cut down some of that so I don't sound <laughs> as stupid. Uh, now you can't. Anyway, the stuff with Nuke, yeah, uh, Nuke is the definition of an over-the-top villain in the comics. Yeah. And so to see him morph into that was quite a change. Oh, yeah, they they, they killed the guy from The Wire, too. That was a big shot. Yeah. The cop from The Wire. Like, who I always mistake for the guy who played Ben, uh, ben Urich. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. Uh, racist. No, I can't. No. It's, it's totally possible they look the same and play the exact same roles in everything. And also, as somebody who complained about Superman breaking necks, I wondered if people would say, 
oh, well, you don't care that she broke a dude's neck? But the way the show is written, like, there's no there's no capturing him. You have to kill him. Like, Purple Man has to die. Well, there's that, and like, they never really established that she wouldn't do that. No. Like, it's not core to her character to find the right solution. Yeah. That's mm. not her character. When She's I, killed before. She doesn't... If, if the circumstances call for it, she'll do and it. And it seems like the only reason he was kept alive long enough was to get someone out of trouble. Yeah. And then he realized, like, oh, that that's, is why Hope killed herself, because yeah. she realized he can't be killed if I'm alive. Like, as long as there's hope for me. It's all, it's almost too cliche that her name was Hope when we're discussing <laughs> the show now. But, yeah, Patsy. I really like Patsy and her character, yeah. and all the background. Like, her and Patsy being Did sisters. Did she have a comic out this week? Yes. And mm-hmm. that is also what I read. I also had Patsy Rack... <laughs> Patsy Walker, a.k.a. Patsy Raccoon. A.k.a. Hellcat, number two this week, which yeah, was, it was good. A lot of fun. I'm really... You've been in... You're reading it too now, Yeah, Brad? it reminds me of... Uh, it kind of reminds me of reading Mary Jane. Like, yeah. It, 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 there's a little bit more at stake. It's not total, like, high school drama, mm-hmm. but it feels so much lower stakes and fun to read. Because it's in the real Marvel U. Somebody so changed my recipe in the school newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> it, well, there's at least, like, some mystery, but it ends on, like, a cliffhanger of, like, this person's back, and there's, like, an immediate, like... <gasps> And then the next panel is like Squirrel Girl going, who? Yeah. Like, I don't know who that is. And then yeah. that's the end of the issue. And you're like, oh, that's fun. And then also she's working, like Patsy works at a mall, a place yeah. in the mall. And that her gay roommate is maybe going to go on a date with another dude. And also that they start digging into her past with her old friend Heidi uh, that she yeah. love hates. And yeah. yeah, I like the promise of it. And that it ends with... Uh, the girls, a girls' night out of the Marvel U. It was like her, Squirrel Girl, She Hulk, the Valkyrie, Valkyrie. Almost said Valkyrie. I've been playing too many games. Uh, and on all the in America, Chavez, Hawkeye, all of them hanging out together. It was a neat. It was just a yeah. neat thing that you don't see in other books. It's a lighter. Yeah. Hellcat's a lighter book, and I like that. It's but, fun. But they also go over so quickly in the book. If you listened to Spotlights ago. I talk about how crazy Hellcat's background is, and so when she carefully reveals, oh yeah, I was dead once. Oh, that was funny. Yeah. And then her roommate's like, whoa, what? Um, well, you'll tell me when you're comfortable, but uh, wow, jeez. And yeah, that she didn't even mention that it was because she was euthanized. Like, <laughs> uh, I also read Captain Marvel number one. I did too. The other girl book of the week. but uh, well, Which was a... It was uh, the first what? issue. Another great first issue that yeah. set that... And I agree, it's great a lo- setup, setup, setup. I setup. use great loosely, because it's yeah. like... It wasn't bad, but it sets up like, oh, so here's what Alpha Flight is. It's this geosynchronous orbit space station over Earth that's mm-hmm. going to be where she lives, and it's kind of mundane and boring, and that's part of the joke. And I liked... Was that Puck? I think it was Puck. Yeah. Puck was my favorite part and he was of it. Like, Puck was fucking funny. Yeah, I was like, wow, Puck is back. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Alpha Flight became the name of the space program mm-hmm. that Wakanda started. It makes way more sense. But they also hired <laughs> Alpha Flight as part of the team, so... Not just Puck, but also Aurora and Sasquatch are there. As long as Sasquatch is there. And Sasquatch is meditating and all this. But but Puck was 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 funny. And they even give you, like, he talks about how he doesn't sleep because he's, like, in constant pain because yeah. of his super little body. <laughs> it's 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 kind of sad. It gives a little tragedy to him. Did him and Strong Guy ever talk about their constant pain? Oh, no. They should team up sometime. I bet I mean, they must I guess it, I'm guessing it's important to read because 
she's at the center of Civil War Two, right? Yeah, she. It's her versus Iron Man on the cover. So yeah, Cap, Iron Man. I mean, they're they're definitely building up Captain Marvel. They're putting a lot of stock into her, which is good, and I think that shows they are still invested in her movie. I hope so. I know. Ale- earlier, I said allegedly she'll start a movie, but it's just because no, I, I, she hasn't been cast yet. Not like, to bring that up again, but I just feels like. <laughs> When we were watching, we were all entranced by the initial phase one and part of two of Marvel films. They seemed to have all these balls in motion whenever they'd announce something. Uh-huh. And I feel like they announced all those titles and it's like, you just started shooting Doctor Strange. Like, yeah, now. There, there's yeah. no one attached. Uh, like, there's no one attached. With Black Panther may start sometime. There's nobody attached to Captain Marvel. Yeah, or in humans. Even humans yeah. is even more impossible. Yeah, it... It's quite extreme. That's, I don't know. I wrote about it in the disappointing because, like, those things used to mean something. I think all of Phase Two had disappointing uh, post-credit yeah. sequences because they didn't actually have anything moving. Well, because they announced it so far in advance, and yeah. I guess you don't. But that's why I would think they would have more to show. I didn't see anything that tickled me as much as seeing Thor's hammer. Perhaps mm-hmm. and that's not a euphemism. I, I, I actually mean his hammer. Uh, <laughs> but that's actually kind of all I read this week. Other than I. I dug more into... I'm going to finish... I still haven't finished it yet, but Pluto by Naoki Urasawa, one of my favorite books. I, I think he might be the best comic artist working right Ooh. now. Best best comic storyteller. It's it's just a thing of beauty. His manga is is, is gorgeous. And and also I've been reading... It, the first collection out is uh, of Captara, the uh, Chip Zdarsky gay He-Man comic, basically. Oh. You, everybody should read it. It's one of the, I definitely want to. And it's one of those that's, image comics. That's the way everything volume. should have been. It would make yes. the whole series that make sounds sense. Sounds redundant. I know, <laughs> but it's, it, it stars a character actually just from the start is like, no, I am gay. I am attracted to me. I am subtext. Adam and yeah. gay. <laughs> Only the sorceress knows my secret. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, uh, but what else did <laughs> and, other people And read? men at arms. Oh, and I read, sorry, and I read Poison Ivy number one. Which was a nice setup, but talking about Urasawa being a good visual storyteller, the artist was slightly lacking in their storytelling. It felt like it felt like it skipped like one step, or like oh, there's a panel missing, like action in one panel, then action in the next. It's like you missed one step in this, or everybody seems too posed. Though it did have one interesting bit where a very cliched situation happened, where Poison Ivy and Harley were going out to a bar to get drinks, and then. Uh, bunch of burly biker dudes say hey what are you girls doing here and so it starts the obvious fight scene but then poison ivy uses instead of getting physical she uses pheromones on two of the dudes and just make they start making out <laughs> anyway what else do other people read? Uh, i was catching I, I i was catching back up on star wars and then sort of realized ah fuck i gotta go catch up on vader and vader down too so i had to put a stop to that and i was gonna catch up on vision and spider-man and deadpool mm-hmm. uh but instead I, I i don't know what made me want to read i think it was somebody posted something on facebook i thought was funny was it matthew uh superman american alien oh yeah but it's written by uh, max, uh, Landis, max Landis, who wrote yeah. a really fun superman book uh, a while back that we talked about the one where he just he confronts the joker and he's like oh yeah i might kill you and he also he did the that what video. the explanation of the death of Superman, which was a great video. Yeah, yeah, yo, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and and it's just like American Alien. It's it's I think the approach that most people are taking with Superman, not as the perfect hero, but like no, no, he's a fucking alien. Yeah, and he. I just worry sometimes they overdo the flaws of Superman. Like oh, Superman's so flawed. so that's not so what the, that's like, not what this eh, is, okay, and it's okay. it's great because it it's it the whole issue first issue is just him as a little kid, oh. and like. For example, he goes to see E.T. To, to try and, I don't know, like, 
synergize that vibe and this mm-hmm. starts floating in front of Lana for no reason oh, and like wow. doesn't know what the fuck is this and like and so instead of like a flaw he's like he's totally uh, it's a perfect child mm-hmm. it's mom and pa Kent get to look really cool they wake up and they like pull him down from the sky and like Clark come on please grab me I can't hold on to your foot anymore please grab me you're way stronger come on Come on, Clark. And then, like, all right, let's get a handle on this. Son, I'm going to teach you how to fly. I don't know how, but I'm going to teach you how to fly. Um, <laughs> I like that. I'm going to teach I, you how to fly. Like I, and should, if, I should read that. And if you get stuck in the air again, we'll, we're going to go get the crop duster, and we're going to try and pull you in, because I don't <laughs> think that'll hurt you. Uh, no, but but a, very, no. a very funny look uh, at the adolescence of uh, like Superman. Yeah. Wait, Max Landis made a character without flaws? <laughs> kind of sounds like Superman's a Mary Sue. No. I was uh, not going to say that. You don't have to wear all your flaws in your sleeve, like me. <laughs> uh, uh, anything else? Um, shit, I thought there was something else. I just can't. Oh, I started reading Silver Surfer Numero Uno. Oh yeah, which, the, which I, it rebooted. It's the same team of Dan. I didn't. It read rebooted, that one but yet. it didn't. It did yeah. like at all because I I I have really forgotten the first three issues I read of the other. Uh, but Eve is still there. Yeah, I yeah. do not know what her role is. Well, it's just is she you- the Silver Silver Surfer Silver Surfer? It's really well. It's interesting that there's no. It's Doctor Who. She's the companion. Mm. She's the side. She's the more human sidekick of the weirdo. That's but why? That's her job. Well, because they're in love and like Got it. that was a great introduction in the first issue of the of the last mm-hmm. volume. That they somebody uses a magic machine to teleport the person Silver Surfer mm-hmm. loves the most in all the universe, and she pops up and then Surfer's like, "I've never met you before," and then they fall in love then because. They just found the person he would be most perfectly suited for. That technically it was like a love connection. Well, did, they did you guys read made. it? I didn't read the new volume. No. Uh, fucking! If you're a laser time it's Dan Slott listener and Mike in general, it it, it it in the middle of the book they're watching Wizard of Oz and all of a sudden the image starts to fade away. As does their memory, and then you get to see shots of record stores, like as all the culture ba- in the memories of it starts to lift at, lift oh, out very wow. fast. As people all of a sudden start to forget their favorite things, yeah. and I'm like, if you're a listener to this network, ah! <laughs> <laughs> we're out of jobs. Yes. <laughs> God, uh, damn, we have to do eight sports shows. When you, I, <laughs> when you said uh, Silver Surfer and Laser Time listeners, I thought they were going to actually reference the NES song in that. Oh, uh, I hope they do. <laughs> Dan Dan Slott is, has a lot of clever ideas that he's able to just jump dump into the Silver Surfer book. But yeah, I only got only got two thirds of the way through it. Okay. Anything else, Brett? No. no. Well, I read that Darkwing Duck is coming back, and I was excited. So I think I, it's great. You I should shall, read, you should read that too. I shall turn to The Walking Dead. Yeah. Dave uh, Rudd, and what have you? I read also read that Venture Brothers is coming back with an awesome new trailer. Yeah, featuring what looks like Modok, Kingpin, and Avengers parallels, in addition to the Brown Widow. Oh, God, Fallen Arches, that guy. Fallen yeah. Arches uh, as the Hawkeye with a the guy the Archer with feet on his yeah the, the end of his instead arrow instead of points at the end are two feet. <laughs> Connected and Modoc is a character called Think Tank because he's in a little purple tank. <laughs> Sorry, it, it yes, we wrote it up on LaserTimePodcast.com. Please check out that trailer, January thirty first. I love that show. On Venture Brothers, they would always they would sometimes lightly touch on superheroes, but only episodes like Captain Sunshine would be a full on superhero parody instead yeah. of like a spy movie parody or something. Yeah. But now they're going like, no, this is Spider-Man. This yeah. is the Avengers. This they're is... not out in the woods in like these deep bases now. They're in New York they're with a bunch of Marvel City, characters. Which is where Marvel is. Yeah. All right, The Walking Dave, let's yeah. get back to you. Well, Dave, what did you read this week? Uh, Not the homework. 
I, yeah, I but I did read. I read the community homework for the week, which well, was uh, okay. Chris Chris Cummins. Uh, he sent me a free copy of Shutter Volume One. How was that? I really liked it. Um, kind of reminded me like what I wanted. Uh, what was that movie with Channing Tatum, Jupiter Ascending? Yeah, Jupiter Ascending. Like kind of like that. Like something like that. Oh, it had a lot of like really good twists that weren't like like you're just doing this for making a twist sake. Uh, it's like a six issue volume, but like the story really moves along at a fast pace. They've got a lot of weird alien races. Hmm. Um, and, you know, it's like a lot more lighthearted than like saga. Hmm. Um, and it's and written by it's the same a- person who did ringside, the wrestling comic. Book. Oh, really? Yep. I was thinking about getting that because when I went to the comic book store, I also picked up, uh, this was out last week, but I, I didn't know it was out. Uh, the fourth issue of the Back to the Future comic, the final one, right? It was. I think it was originally supposed to be the final one, but they, it's Sold. becoming a. It's well. selling well enough that it'll be a monthly uh, thing now. Dave, it's 2016. That's so in the past, man. Well, speaking of, uh Uh-oh. so there's two stories. One of them is, uh, it's when Doc went to 2015. But, but, and found out about all the stuff with Marty. Like, uh-huh. but like right when he arrived, he wanted to get all these modifications done to his car. You know, like it got became a hover conversion. Get the Mister Fusion Do- on Mr. it. Mister Fusion, but he didn't have the money. So it, they 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 uh-huh. find, they show how he got money. Okay. Uh, and it's kind of uh, I didn't really like that story because for all of the t- stuff he like admonished Marty he for doing. He broke a lot of rules. He, did he? Yeah, he basically like takes the stuff from the past and sells it in the future, and I'm like, that, what? that is wrong. Like, that's yeah. a thing that won't exist in the past. Like, it's the I butterfly know. effect. Who knows what that did to yeah. the past by not existing? Well, it's all collectibles that probably would have been like, uh, you know, like baseball cards and comic books. So it's uh, like, okay. What those things aren't going to be. Comic worth books anything. never did anything for anybody. Yeah. So. Um, I, but the, I did like the other story more. It was, uh, it was. This, Kind of Marty and Jennifer meeting, and Ooh. how Marty was initially initially kind of like awkward around her and nervous and not uh-huh. sure what to do, and he's also being bullied by a Flea's oh, character, wow, this is heavy. Uh, Needles, right? Uh, but yeah, it's like him getting love advice from Doc, who's like just a, he's he's approaching he, it from a very scientific perspective because this is say, like the first two movies doc has like no gender like he is yeah. sexless until mary <laughs> steenbridge and i assume yeah. he had never been with a woman yeah um but also like speaking of that the cover has like the family f- from the b- end of back to the future part three and uh, i can't look at it without seeing the, oh, the younger yeah. son not pointing at his wiener yeah uh, Jules and Vern, they're yeah, called, right? Yeah. Were they named that in the film, or was that just added yeah. for the show? Okay, all right. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He introduced them. And then they're in the show a lot. Yeah, they, they were pretty annoying. They were. It was weird that they didn't talk in the movie. They're just like, here are my two mute kids. This one's pointing at his dick. It's easier than figuring out how they would say Like, you just cast them for how they look. You don't yeah. have to get them to be actors. That's another movie we got to do for uh, commentary. It's the last one left. Oh, yeah. We did one and two. We yep. could do three. Well, only when it's 1886. Yeah, but I will... So I will do uh, last week's homework. It's 130 week. years ago. Uh, Ocean. Uh, but, You're going to read it. You uh, will. Last uh, week, any, if you guys want to keep up, it's Ocean. That's this yeah, week's homework. But uh, as I do when I miss a homework, I do double the homework. Oh, oh really? Double double the value. Well, I feel like I have to assign you Mad Love. Yeah, I was going to so, ask for that. Yeah. So, uh, so Batman, dun dun dun. Mad Love by Bruce Timm and Paul Dini. A great book. I think you will enjoy quite a lot, yeah. Dave. So that is your assignment for this week. All right, now let's get into this week's answers to last week's question of the week. Uh, if you guys recall, last week's question of the week was about what was your favorite like anniversary issue, like one that like twenty five, fifty, one hundred, two hundred, four hundred, whatever. 
And uh, the audience had some interesting replies. Triscuitable was first. They said, uh, The Walking Dead 50. I like to reread these series from the start every once in a while. Wow. And issue 50 is usually the one that stings the hardest. This issue was the turning point for Rick and Carl, as it's a very brief but intense chronicle of how they come to realize, in spite of the fallout from the prison, they are the only family they have left. It is heart-wrenching. Well, meanwhile, John Wihizel is a man after my own heart. I've read Amazing Spider-Man 350 over and over and over again as a kid. Love the fight with Doctor Doom. Oh, yeah. And the Eric Larson, Todd McFarlane pinup in the back was too awesome. I love that, too. That is a great issue. Uh, and that pinup in the back, half of Spider-Man drawn by Eric Larson, half drawn yeah, by Todd McFarlane. The shit. Todd McFarlane one is in yeah. the symbiote costume. Totally forgot about that. Yeah, uh, that is probably one of my favorites, because that is a great, like... Because as a kid... It's a one-and-done story, really. It's a, it's a great one-off story that's about... A, 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 I, I guess 349 kind of t- connects yeah, to it, but it's yeah. it's more about, like, Doctor Doom is completely out of Spider-Man's league. Mm. And it's a great story if you're like, what's the deal with Doctor Doom? And, like, I don't know. It, it was before the modern era of comics where, like, I just... I don't even know what Doctor Doom is supposed to be anymore. Mm. It just seems like... The, it changes year by year, like how powerful he is, or yeah, how, is he the ultimate villain, or is he like a side dude? Yeah, or it's whatever. just so all over the place now because there's too many cooks in the kitchen. I feel, but at 350, back in the 80s and 90s, it was like well, 70s, 80s, 90s. It's like Doctor Doom has like a bit, and mm. that comic is like his bit done so well. Yeah, he's like, you can't even touch me. Like, you yeah. can't move me, Spider-Man. Yeah. And it's Spider-Man who normally, like, gets these, you know, weird victories off all kinds of villains. And mm-hmm. he's just like, I can't stop Doom at all. And he's beaten, like, he, yeah. like, uh, Eric Larson was amazing at drawing battle yeah. damage yeah. to Spider-Man, and that his costume is, like, in threads. Yeah. And, uh, Black Wolverine said, I really enjoyed Avengers 500, a.k.a. Avengers Disassembled. Before Bendis decided to go crazy with his mega story arcs, he took uh, what should have been a time to celebrate the Avengers and destroy them instead. Sure, some of the deaths are bullshit. (laughs) Hawkeye, (laughs) not like this. Uh, But the whole Scarlet Witch thing goes crazy plot. uh, The whole Scarlet Witch goes crazy plot point was a really cool thing to do. Uh, Johnny Blaze, GWS, said... For me, a few things will ever be as monumental as X-Men 25 and Wolverine 75, Mm. the climax of Fatal Attractions. Wolverine gets his adamantium ripped out and Professor X mind wipes Magneto, both events that have repercussions for years afterwards. You don't believe how many times I reround the climax of Fatal Attractions. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. Uh, holograms Obi, on those covers, by the way. Obi, amazing holograms. They they put the ones from a year before on the Spider-Man books to shame. Like they uh, were a bit better holograms on uh, on the second on the X-Men ones. Obi Sean Kenobi said, "Fantastic Four 500, the climax of the unthinkable arc. Oh yeah, one of my favorite arcs from my favorite FF writer, Mark Wade. Yeah. Uh, Onimaru said, "I'm going to go with Captain America 25, a near perfect example of how anniversary issues." fail more often than they succeed. It is the ending of a completely different book that has a shocking event that shakes up the status quo to draw in readers and is mostly retconned or explained away in the extremely convoluted way about a year later. (laughs) Worse yet, spectators bought up most of the issue's limited run when it was released, making it very hard to actually find the comic until Marvel ran a second run, uh, bursting an all-too-familiar short-lived comic bubble of the time. I do remember that. It was just a shock of... 
No, Captain America died in this because everybody figured if Cap was going to die, it would be in Civil War, yeah. the last issue of that. And then he says, if I may be a total hipster, I was always a fan of Antarctic Press's Gold Digger Swimsuit Anniversary Issues. <laughs> Uh, rarely containing a canon story, it was a platform for fans to submit their artwork of the book's characters oh. and let uh, build and let budding <clears throat> artists write short stories for the Gold Digger universe. So, that's a very left field choice there, <laughs> man. The only Antarctic Press comics I ever read were Ninja High School as a as a teen. All right, so let's get into this week's question of the week. Uh, so we talked about how Mar- like Tara Strong replaced Arlene Sorkin in Harley Quinn. Now Mar- uh, Margot Robbie is playing it. So, I'm curious, what is your favorite? person favorite actor to take over a famous comic book role from another person mm. terrence howard is a fine actor he's he's good and i mm. like him in a lot of stuff he just didn't feel like roadie to me and not that don Cheadle really did at first either but mm. i think they they amped up his funniness especially in ultron i mm. in, in age of ultron i think he did a really great job in a supporting role mm. i've come to like him quite a lot as roadie and now i can't even imagine like what if Terrence Howard was in that armor the whole time? It's just, I don't know, it's hard to even envision. If if you can believe it, I grew up in a world um, where there was only one Batman, and it was Adam West. Mm. And I didn't, I wanted no more <laughs> than that than Kevin Conroy came along. Ah, And yes. has become, emerged, I'll, I've said it a billion times here, the best Batman ever. Yep, absolutely the best Batman ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was trying to think of something less obvious than this, but Ruffalo taking over Hulk and Banner. Oh, oh yeah, like, totally. Dang. Like, people have been trying to do that character for years, like... There's, there, there's good, no, but there's no, not. there's no character like what Ferrigno like. No, he's what he was. It was fine for then, but you mean, like, not a Banna fan. No. Banna fan? No, I'm not a Banna fan. Either. Has, has anybody I, here rewatched The Incredible Hulk since the, the theater? The the Norton? Norton? The yeah. One? yeah, I have, and he's I like Edward Norton fine, but like it just doesn't feel. I normally right. love him. I mm-hmm. do too. Mm-hmm. I, I was surprised. I, I didn't feel as much. Well, it's also weird to hear that he was so like. He put a lot of his own views into the character on that. Which, when you uh, read about what his experience was on Marvel, making a Marvel movie, it mm-hmm. looks a lot like everyone else's experience making a Marvel movie. Like that Marvel hugs you too tight. They and, let him uh, write it, and then they're like, well, we have a vision involved that doesn't always involve you and what you're writing. Mm-hmm. And they, He's like, but I have ownership over this. <laughs> but I've written guy. two scripts in my life, and I, mm-hmm. I was told I'd be able to... Yeah, and like I, I don't know, I don't know what he was. It, it makes more sense now, like uh, mm-hmm. after what we've heard of Edgar Wright and Joss Whedon. Yeah, though also meddling. You, you've heard those things about uh, Edward Norton. He's not the nicest dude in the world, or he's no, he's kind of <laughs> difficult. I thought the character he played in Birdman was supposed to kind of be him. Mm. It's kind of yeah. a pompous dude who gets very controlling and fucks with productions. And... So, so he that wasn't a good performance. It was just honesty. Yeah, I want to take that away from him. It wasn't a good performance. Shouldn't have been nominated for an Oscar. Charlie Cox on net, on the Netflix Daredevil taking over. There you go. Affleck. Yeah. There you go. That's nowhere to go I, but up. I do like that. Definitely. Well, Ben Affleck did his best. Mm. And he did better than a lot of people would have been in that role in the, in the film he was in. Yeah. He's Affleck not, was in the film he was in. He's but. not the word. Like, that movie's so close to being good. Like, there's just, like, yeah. there's so many things in it that I'm like, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. And especially for 2003 pre-Iron Man, mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, this is fine. It's just like there's there's no. little things <laughs> all over it that make it... So not. many imperfections. Yeah, just add, and they, they just start adding up. But they yeah. get bigger and bigger as the movie goes yeah, on. Yeah, but then like if you take things in isolation, I'm like, I liked Bullseye. I, I like Kingpin. I like Kingpin. I liked Daredevil. 
Electra is not great, but she's not in it all that much, so like whatever. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, and I thought I this like thing Coolio. was good. I like Coolio's great. <laughs> uh, I liked Foggy. Mm. Like it's one of those movies you go piece by piece. Like no, the movie's good, mm. and then you watch it. Like this isn't good. So you're you're blaming squarely right now, Evanescence. It doesn't help. <laughs> I, the film takes a turn at that point. Well, I mean that fight. Are there little their play playground, dancing? The, the, the playground. playground fight yeah. is not good. I don't, it doesn't matter. All right. So answer that in the forums for this week's question of the week. Also, you there will be a link to it on this week's episode page, which is 172, and you'll find that on lasertimepodcast.com, which is the home to many wonderful, wonderful programs and podcasts you should be listening to, such as... Uh, Laser Time this week. It's our grand tribute send-off to David Bowie and Alan Rickman. Oh, great time. Uh, funnier than it sounds, because it's more of a celebration of them, not a mourning I think period. a lot of great mm-hmm. clips, though. That's probably because I collected those clips and feel that it way. Is, uh, well, I collected some, too. You and did. and it's, it's just more that, like... Um, it's not a way to feel... I just don't want to make people feel it's like... It's not a bummer. Yeah, it's not a bummer. It's, no, uh, it's, it's It sucks that the only way we can do that for a particular actor or... Uh, musician is when they die but otherwise mm-hmm. why do it yeah somebody uh, asked us on twitter like i want to hear a mel brooks episode and you said maybe give it a couple weeks still, like yeah. it, it's <laughs> he could live another five years you know he's like 90 it's not gonna and he happen. doesn't have a wife to keep him alive anymore so a, uh, anyway uh there's also is, third, Alan, is Alan young still alive or did he finally go he is not dead he wow. is about to hit a hundred wow, wow. Mm-hmm. uh but there's also what 30 2010 right yeah, our weekly time capsule pop culture show that looks 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago. Uh, Did we this... talk about anything related to comic books? Not. Well, I can't remember. We've done so many. Uh, <laughs> they're only in our th- we're only in our third episode, but there's just so many. It's such a rapid fire of topics. Uh, the episode that's going to go up this oh, week. Oh, God. I apologize. Uh, Chris is going to talk about the Great American Rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of a superhero movie. Heathcliff the movie. Yeah. Um, uh, but then in the 96, we talk a lot about uh, From Dusk Till Dawn, I think. Mm. Oh, boy. Or that might be the episode after. I can't remember. But it's week by week. So regardless of how old you are, if you were alive for the 80s, 90s, or 2000s, and one of those decades is your uh, sweet spot for nostalgia, that's the show. That was brought uh, to you by Patreon.com slash LazerTime. Yeah. As was Talking Simpsons, our weekly uh, roundup of all the things that... Uh, a weekly chronological exploration of The Simpsons. We're, Explanation. Uh, we're in episode 14 of season 2, and you can find the first season of that on Patreon. Filled with homosexual propaganda. <laughs> that is, I used that image. You, Proper. You, did you remember that you suggested I use that image in the episode? Yes. And, yes. and uh, what else? And Cheap Podcast, the pro wrestling podcast covering the goings-on in wrestling. Something that uh, nicely dovetails wrestling and comics is our recent stream of... Uh, WWE 2K16, ahead of the Royal Rumble, we did a, uh, a WWE 2K16 Royal Rumble that had comic book characters, uh, Barack Obama, Donald Trump, Mr. Bean, in uh, a uh, battle royal. Uh, I don't want to give away the, the winner, necessarily, because if you missed the stream, but uh, it is a comic book character. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I really want him to lose years, so hard. Yeah, I, had, this is our someone sec- just sent me a gif of the, the, the final three. There's no, there's no better answer. Yeah. However, it's the number 30 entrant. That's not fair. Yeah, but that happens a lot. <laughs> That's what happens in those games, yeah, too, the game. Uh Oh, also, let me tell you guys again. I just said at patreon.com slash laser time. If you give $10 or more a month, you get access to 
a bi-weekly comic book classic commentary cartoon, which uh, we talked over, we, we, me and Brett and sometimes Chris, talked over an episode of the Justice League. We talked over the first episode of the Spider-Man animated series. We talked over the Christmas X-Men cartoon. So much fun. And you can hear that by becoming a patron. Uh, I guess that's about it. And so until next time, Excelsior! Excelsior!